السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما بسيدنا الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد There's a Holocaust survivor from Austria by the name of Victor Frakel. He said, most people today have the means to live. Most people today have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. Now, I don't know what he believes about this because if you're a believer, your paradigm is different. We are God-centered people. We are Akira-focused people. People who, do, who don't believe in the existence of Allah and who don't have a trajectory of the hereafter, their whole framework is faulty. They might have good elements, but anything they present is going to be based on a faulty framework, which won't work for you as a believer. So just keep this point in mind. I know this is against the culture of what we're living in, but we are believers. If you take Allah out of the equation, if there's no Allah, then there's nothing. Because the only true reality is Allah. The ultimate reality is Allah. What's one of Allah's name? Al-Haq. Al-Haq. And this is why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he would pray to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, one of the things he would say, Allahumma anta al-Haq. Allah, you are the Haq. And meeting you on the day of Qiyamah is Haq. And my appointment with you is Haq. I'm jumping ahead. So, what he said is most people today have the means to live, but no meaning to live for. So, meaninglessness is what renders this life chaotic. If you don't have meaning, in your life and the happenings of life, if you can't find a meaning in it, you're going to feel that this life is chaotic. It's just a whole disaster. It's just problems. It's just meaningless. And we're living at a time when we are witnessing suffering. We all go through suffering in life. Look at what's happened in Morocco, right? More than 3000 people have lost their lives, thousands more are injured, and many thousands more are now on the streets, fearing like yesterday there was another tremor, and people were already on the streets. If that wasn't suffering, we've got the floods in Libya, where 11,000 people have lost their lives already, 11,000 in the last few days, 11,000. And many more thousands are missing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala count those who have lost their lives amongst the shuhada. May Allah grant shifa to those who are ill. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant safety to those who are on the street and restore them in a better way than they were before. 
And on that note, I'm going to mention this at the end, but on that note, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, from our masjid, a small team, uh, Adilba in particular, will be going tomorrow, inshallah, to Morocco to take your aid directly. So this is a great opportunity, we'll announce it towards the end, that someone from our masjid is going to be going tomorrow to Morocco to the scenes first hand and delivering it without any in-between people. So this is a great opportunity for us to do our part, but more on that later on. So according to the Quran and Sunnah, how do we understand this? One is the world's perception, how people are putting it to us. But what does the Quran and Sunnah say regarding the suffering that's happened in, in, in the world? The bad things or the evil that we see in the world that happened to us, the things that we're seeing around. What is our perspective based on the Quran and Sunnah? The Quran and Sunnah teach you and me that evil and suffering in this world, not only is it rational, not only is it rational, but it's also meaningful. Not only is it rational, but it's also meaningful as well. And Keep this in mind that a wise Allah, Allah is Al-Hakim, He is very wise. As wise Allah would not reveal every wisdom of His. We know some of His wisdom of why these things happen. But from the wisdom of Allah, it is also that He has not revealed every wisdom so that the test can remain a test. If we knew all of the reasons, then would the test be a test? I mean, it's a bit nonsense, isn't it? You go into an examination room with all the answers. We, we have to understand and get our framework correct from the beginning. We've been told life is a test. We have to see it like that. When something happens to you on a personal level, it happens to your family, it happens in your community, it happens on the global scale, we have to understand life is a test. This is something which Allah has made very clear in the Quran. And the balance is this. Number one, the happenings of this world, number one, are not irrational. So there's an explanation and reason. But number two, on the other side of the balance is to understand every single wisdom and reason is beyond us. So this is the balance that we as Muslims, this is our world view. Number one is on one side, we believe that the happenings of this world are not irrational. There's an explanation for it all. On the other side is that the understanding of it is beyond us, meaning we can grasp and grapple with some of it, but to understand it in its totality, what exactly did Allah mean when He sent an earthquake to a certain place? What exactly did Allah want when a flood occurred in Libya? We'll understand some of the things which Allah has revealed, but to understand entirely, it's beyond us. And there are reasons why Allah hasn't revealed all of it as well. So what we're going to do now, I'm going to give you five points. And these five points are essential in understanding the happenings of this world, happening your, your, your own life, understanding you. If we don't understand these things, we're going to struggle with life. Number one, the first point is Allah is Al-Hakim. Number one, point number one, remember these five points. Allah is Al-Hakim, meaning Allah is Al-Hakim. Hakim means the All-Wise. Allah is Al-Hakim. Allah is the All-Wise. Point number one. Number two, Hikmah, wisdom is in everything He does. 
because he's the all wise point number two is hikmah wisdom is in everything he does number three hikmah the wisdom of Allah necessitates it's necessary based on the hikmah of Allah the evil exists suffering exists in this world for profound reasons it is from the hikmah of Allah it is a sign of Allah being wise that he allows evil and suffering to exist in the world for great and profound reasons. Number four, for life to remain as a trial and a test. Not every reason for every suffering has been disclosed. For life to remain as a trial and a test, not every reason and wisdom behind every test has been disclosed by Allah. And number five, the hikmah and the wisdom of Allah necessitates disclosure of some reasons so that you and I can navigate in this world. The disclosure of some of the reasons Allah has given us in the Quran and the Sunnah as to why evil and suffering takes place is sufficient if we wholeheartedly and holistically accept them, understand them, acknowledge them. Not according to the worldview of the people of the world, based on the worldview of the Quran and the Sunnah. So this is something to understand. Now, Ibn al-Qayyim speaking on behalf of the general Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah makes a very beautiful point. He says, in Islam, we believe Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, pure evil doesn't exist. In the world of Allah, in the system of Allah, there is no such thing as pure evil. We know this evil. We know this bad. We know this suffering. But there's no such thing as pure evil, meaning evil for the sake of evil. No. We believe that there's no such thing as pure evil. What does he mean? He means that kind of evil where there is no good involved whatsoever. Meaning every suffering, every hardship, everything that you consider bad or evil, from one angle it might look bad. But when you look at it from another angle, you'll find the good in it. You'll find meaning in it. You'll find real. You might not be able to grapple with it. You don't have to. You don't have to understand everything. But there is, we've been told that there is wisdom. And we can give many examples. Time don't allow for us to go into all of the details. And also he mentions Allah allows evil, suffering to exist in the world. Why? Because his existence outweighs its inexistence. Now to you and me, we think, whoa, why? For an earthquake to happen, for somebody to fall sick, for you to lose your job, for you to get a headache, for example, somebody gets a miscarriage. I might not understand it, but in Allah's divine wisdom, that existing outweighs the benefits of it not existing, that suffering in that moment. That doesn't mean you have to be really happy with it. No, we're not saying that. We're not whitewashing human feelings. Allah, the feelings that you have, the reactions that you have, Allah has placed them there. And it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel upset. It's okay to be hurt. But it's what you do afterwards and which finger you point and who do you point it to that matters. But of course you're a human being. Allah has placed these feelings inside us. We are going to feel the pain. We're going to have sorrow. We're going to have regret. But then what meaning do we take out of it? What's our interpretation? That makes all of the difference. So Ibn al-Qayyim says, you take a volcano eruption, for example, a volcanic eruption, disaster, fire, lava. But at the same time, 
it creates so much oxygen for the world. It creates a climate for farming. And the list goes on of the benefits of a volcanic eruption and the aftermath of it, of the benefits it brings to this world. I'm not saying it's something we want or desire, but Allah knows. And if you look at it from a different angle, you will find meaning. We don't know the answers. We don't know the answers. Similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation of shaitan. Now, one thing we need to get correct. Shaitan was never created for evil. That wasn't the purpose. I know that's what others say, but that's not our worldview. That's not our understanding. Allah created shaitan as a jinn to worship Allah. Shaitan then chose to disobey Allah and rebel. And thus he created this enmity between himself and the rest of mankind. Allah didn't make him. So a lot of us, we live this life thinking, oh, Allah hates me. That's why he put shaitan in my way. It's not my problem. No, Allah didn't create shaitan evil. He chose that path. Allah granted him the freedom. And this is Allah's compassion, Allah's justice, Allah's mercy. That he allowed him the free will to make that choice. So what is the greater good and the wisdom behind the pain and suffering we are going through in the world? In the few minutes that are remaining from the Quran and Sunnah, we're going to look at some of these. Some of these, I say, there are many mentioned. We're going to look at some just so that it allows us to keep our faith solid and concrete in these testing and challenging times. And so that we can find navigation and remain on Sirat al-Mustaqim because it's very easy for us to get pushed either way when trials and tribulations take place. Number one, one of the reasons why Allah allows pain and suffering in the world is it becomes a reflection of his greatness. And one of the main reasons why we are here is to acknowledge him, is to acknowledge his greatness. Surah Yasin, Allah says, Subhanalladhi khalaqal azwaja kullaha. Pure, benevolent, glorified is Allah who created everything in pairs. So when he created the day, he also created the night. When he created sweet, he also created sour. When he created good, he also created evil. When he created comfort, he also created suffering. If it wasn't for the darkness of the night, you wouldn't appreciate the brightness of the day. If it wasn't for the sourness, you wouldn't appreciate the sweetness. If it wasn't for the evil and the suffering, people would just become complacent and wouldn't understand and recognize the greatness and the benefit of the good days, of the blessings. If it wasn't for the creation, we wouldn't understand the creator. When we see the creation with its flaws, with its problems, with its issues, it allows us to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So one of the reasons why we have such things happening in the world, which look reprehensible, which look despicable, is so that we can understand the greater good. When we understand that there is evil and there is injustice happening in the world, we can understand the forbearance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we see the cruelty, we can understand Allah's mercy. This is one of the reasons the Quran tells us is creating opposites is from Allah's perfect wisdom. It's the perfection of the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the fact that he made them observable. You can see them wherever you go in the world. Number one. So that's one of the reasons. Uh, by the way, these are imperative, I'd say obligatory for us to believe in and to remind ourselves every single day or whenever we come across these things. Without this, you will not be able to navigate in this world. 
your faith will be tested and shaken. And if you go into the worldview that's being projected, your iman is at risk. This is imperative. This is from the Quran. Allah is telling you how your faith should be, how your iman should be. Number two, another reason why Allah allows evil and suffering in the world is to make life meaningful. Is to make life meaningful. Allah says in the Quran, Why? He created death and life. Why? Because He wants to test you. This life is a test. And tests by nature are challenging. Have you ever heard of an easy test? There's no such thing as a test being easy. Nobody likes tests. Nobody likes exams. So by nature, the test is challenging. And this is, you know, a faulty expectation of life is the greatest contributor to life's frustrations. A faulty expectation of life. You know, we're expecting in this world, we have a faulty expectation, a very unrealistic expectation, how everything should go. This faulty expectation in life is the greatest contributor to the life's frustrations that each and every one of us are facing. Why are we so frustrated with everything? Because we have a very unrealistic and unreal expectation of life. And this is what's causing this. If we don't understand Allah holistically, the way he wants us to understand, and he complains about this in the Quran, he says, Allah says that people have not recognized me the way I ought to be recognized. The people haven't under people have really misunderstood who Allah is. Because do you know what's going to happen? You know the agenda that's being pushed in the world now is for you to believe that you are unconditionally loved by Allah or the higher power and you're one of Allah's pets and he's going to you know, keep on like, you know, it's okay, bitter. it's okay, it's okay. This is, this is, and so many Muslims, so many Muslims are falling for this as well. So when something comes your way, when you are hit with a calamity, when you see earthquakes and floods in the world, and when you see these things, you become so disappointed. You become so disappointed and think, what's happening? Where's that unconditional love gone? We have to understand Allah holistically. Allah is not just Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. He's also Al-Hakim. And there are so many other ways to understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this world was never meant to be a hedonistic paradise. We're expecting this world to be a hedonistic paradise. Do as you will, free will, and anything, anything that happens against my desire, we look at that as evil. This is the world we're living in. Anything that shuts down my desire, we think it's evil. This world, brothers and sisters listening, this world does not have the capacity to fulfill the desires of one human being, let alone seven billion. This world does not have the capacity to fulfill the desires of one human being. And here's seven, almost seven billion human beings living in this world, expecting it to be a hedonistic paradise that I need everything that I desire and I want should happen right now. And if I say I'm a carrot, I'm a carrot. Accept it. If you don't, that hurts me. You've hurt my feelings. Anything that goes again, I mean, that's an extreme example, but this is, and we're not far from it. Sorry if I offend anybody, but even as Muslims, we are falling for this narrative. Just because it's all around us, that doesn't mean we have to grasp it and take it and run with it. No, 
we come back to the Quran and the Sunnah. We come back to the Quran and the Sunnah. We keep coming back to the Quran and the Sunnah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, if this world was equal, the entire universe was equal to the wing of a mosquito in the sight of Allah, he would not have given a kafir a sip of water. This puts things into perspective. This world doesn't mean anything to Allah. What means to him is the Akhirah. And he, this world is a means to the Akhirah. We are here for a reason, for a greater purpose. We're not here for the sake of being here. No. We're not here to be here. And this is the greatest problem you and I are facing in life. Every problem. You, you li list down the major issues that you're facing in life. I guarantee it will come to this point. Because we're expecting this world to be a paradise. To answer all our questions. So when we understand the inevitable reality, which is the Akhirah, it will dwarf your worldly life. You realize, hang on. Tell me if somebody lives for 70 years in pain and suffering. Can you compare that to 70 trillion years of unlimited bliss? I've said 70 trillion, but the hereafter is going to be for eternity. And we find this. Read the hadith. The Prophet said, the individual in this world who faced the most pain and suffering. Now you can imagine what kind of person that's going to be. The person who faced the most pain and suffering in this world is going to be called by Allah on the day of Qiyamah. And Allah is going to dip him into paradise for one moment, one second. Just one second, one glance into Jannah. And then Allah will ask him, did you experience any hardship in the world? He says, no, Allah, nothing. Allah, nothing. Nothing. This is perspective. You know, we see, we see the earthquake. We see the people dying and being crushed. We see the floods. We see the devastation, the cries of the mothers, the cries of the innocent children. And of course, we have to do our part. That's our test. But don't lose perspective. Because just like we see on this side, why don't we have a look on the other side? I know this is Iman Bil Ghaib, but this is the test. We've been told that what you're seeing is one side, one glimpse of it. On the other side, do you know what happened? When that earthquake took place in Morocco, do you know what happened on the other side in the Akhirah? The people in the Akhirah, your family and friends who have left the world already, they were told that let's celebrate. Why? Because 2000 martyrs are coming this way. And they were welcomed. They were rejoicing such a lot, 11,000 people in Libya losing their life in one go. It's not small, a small thing. And we will feel compassion and empathy for them and serve their causes in this world. But look at the full perspective. In the Akhirah, imagine such a large number. I mean, the people of Jannah are rejoicing. Wow, such a large number of shuhada. And we know the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has said, anybody who is crushed to death is a shaheed. Anybody who drowns to death is a shaheed. We shouldn't ask for these things. But when they come our way, let's return to the Quran and Sunnah to gain perspective of what's actually happening. Because we are not dunya world focused people. Our trajectory is different. Our trajectory is the hereafter. We are Allah centered people. We cannot take Allah out of the equation. So that's the first thing. The second thing is another way to understand is Allah loves forgiveness. One thing Allah loves is to forgive. And this is why in the hadith of Sahih Muslim, he says, if you were to stop sinning, 
Allah would finish you off and bring about another nation that commits sins just so that he can forgive them. That's one point. But Allah has placed in this world evil and suffering as a cleansing mechanism. A beautiful hadith from the Prophet ﷺ. He said, my ummah, this ummah is ummatan marhumah. This ummah is the ummah that deserves the unlimited mercy of Allah. And then what did he say? For this ummah, there is no torment in the hereafter. No. He said, for my ummah, no torment. And I'm not saying this. This is the hadith. The Prophet said, my ummah is ummatan marhumah. The ummah that has so much mercy of Allah. He said, there is no torment and adab for them in the hereafter. Their torment is going to be in the world. They will face afflictions. He said, they will face earthquakes. They will face trials. They will face tribulations. You'll have problems with your health. And when you meet Allah, if you're persevering and you keep perspective, that you find meaning in your difficulties. That it's not what it seems to be. That's the people of the world say, oh no, I'm afflicted. Allah hates me. What's happening to me? But if you can find meaning, that it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. Would you say Ayub salam was behaving very badly? Thus Allah decided to punish him? No. The Prophet and all of the Prophets, they were doing everything right, weren't they? So something coming your way doesn't mean that Allah is angry with you and He's punishing you. There's a greater reason for that. And we find that some people go through trials and tribulations, difficulties, health issues in their life in such a way, and they persevere so much so that on the day of judgment, by the time they leave the world, you know what? They have no sins remaining. Because Allah sent you this because He loved you. We've all heard of the legendary boxer Muhammad Ali. Everybody has. What did he call himself? The what? The greatest. All his life, he was arrogant. I'm going to use these words. He was because he claimed it himself. He called himself the greatest. Yes, he was the greatest in boxing. But when you keep repeating this to yourself, what happens? You start feeling arrogance. And the hadith says, anybody that has even a mustard seed equivalent of arrogance in their heart will not enter to paradise. Muhammad Ali says towards the end of my life, I suffered Parkinson's disease. We've all seen it. He goes, that is when I realized that opened my eye. He goes, my greatest blessing in my life was Parkinson's disease. That's when I realized I'm not the great. He is the great. Finding meaning in your suffering. He put more weight into his Parkinson's over his legendary boxing career. He said, that's nothing. That's nothing. I've, now I put perspective. This has taught me when Allah brings these things to you, it's not because he hates you. When Allah does these things around, find meaning, read the Quran, understand the stories that are there. These stories are not for the people of the past. Put yourself and become the hero of your own story. And this story has been told to you. When Allah, now, now you understand the hadith of Sunan al-Tirmidhi, when the Prophet wasallam said, when Allah loves the people, he tests them. When Allah loves the people, He tests them. I end by mentioning that another wisdom behind the suffering that we see is to bring out human excellence. Human excellence. You know, Alhamdulillah, we all have excellence within us. But it's sleeping, it's dead. Sometimes these happenings in the world, what does it do? 
he awakens us. Just like we're going to have from our masjid, a small team, Adil Bai, leading the team going tomorrow. And he wakens up this human side of you, where you want to care, you want to give. Had it not been for these things happening in the world, we would have just been in our dead zones that we were. When these things happen and come about, we realize that it wasn't the dark clouds in our life that blocked us from the sunlight. It was our own heavy eyelids. It wasn't the dark clouds in our life. It was our own heavy eyelids. This is why Ali ibn Talib said, people are sleeping. When they will go to the hereafter, that's when they will wake up. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this perspective. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would pray for this. May Allah grant us this. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.